Business banking shouldn't feel like another transaction. UMass 5's Commercial Services Division is comprised of business owners. So when it's time to make crucial decisions, we're ready with advice drawn from hands-on experience. Contact Jeff Simpson, CFA, at 413-256-5560 or visit umass5.coop slash business. Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, presented by Business West and Living Local, and brought to you by UMass 5's Commercial Services Division. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's a recovering entrepreneur and consultant to small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Here is Tom Fox. Hello, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. And I'm very uh, excited to have our guest today. It's David Cruz, President and Chief Executive Officer, Mass Hire Hamden County Workforce Board. David, thank you very much for coming on the program. Thanks, Tom. Uh, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. So for people that may not be understand exactly what you do over there, what is your what does Mass Hire do over here? Mass High Hamlin County Workforce Board is, is one of the 16 designated workforce boards uh, in the state of Massachusetts under the Mass Hire umbrella. And we manage and coordinate the use of public money uh, that's focused on workforce development, both for um, unemployed, underemployed individuals primarily, but also certainly focus part of our work for incumbent employees. We um, administer and provide financial support to two Mass Hire One Stop Career Centers, one in Springfield at 95 Liberty Street and one in Hoyoke at 850 High Street. And it's at those two Mass Hire Centers uh, where transactional activity occurs around in trying to meet the demand on the employer side with the needs on the supply side with job seekers. And they're both also the venues where um, UI claimants and individuals that have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic you need to touch either virtually and not face-to-face -face at the moment in order to open up their claims in order to make certain that they're receiving the funding that they need either on the state side or on the federal side so as you can imagine uh, we're extreme, extremely busy um, trying to provide services both on the supply side but also making certain that we spend some time working with our employers uh, because without them, again, we're not gonna be able to deal and respond to the needs of our job seekers. So that's, I guess, in summary, what we're doing, at least at the moment. I was gonna say, and part of our conversation today, obviously we wanted to focus on COVID and what's happening. And you know, what struck me is, you know, as you talk about those, those centers, you've got a, a couple million people now all of a sudden in the Commonwealth that are unemployed, some maybe for the first time in their life. And now all of a sudden, you know, you, they can't necessarily go to the centers locally to get in. So it sounds like you folks are offering uh, virtual uh, assistance and things like that as well too. Yeah, we've been able to transition Tom back in, in the middle of March to a totally virtual climate uh, and are doing, you know, pretty well now. We're anxious certainly to get back to face-to-face -face services. Yeah. We don't see that happening for a while. So we've been developing, um, you know, different workshops, different webinars that are all targeted to provide our job seekers as best we can, as best they can with getting this information virtually. We've conducted a couple of virtual job fairs to oh, try really? to connect, yeah, to try to connect, um, you know, because there are employers that are hiring for sure. Yeah. And we're certainly trying to respond. Presently, 
you know, working virtually and learning every day new new ways and new platforms to be able to deliver that effectively. And I think to date we uh, are doing well and our staff at both centers, I think have done a really, really uh, ex- excellent job of that. Now, just for, for folks that, that may need that, where can they visit right now? You know, if they're listening, where can they visit to, to access some of those tools? Yeah, I think what they want to do, Tom, right now is, is to go on to Mass Hire Springfield uh, Career Center or Mass Hire Hoyo Career Center. Uh, go on to those, you know, just Google that name in and they'll be able to be, they'll be directed pretty easily to a pretty broad suite of services. Both centers operate um, you know, 40, 45 hours a week. And uh, uh, there'll be, you know, there'll be somebody there to, to, to service them for sure. And it has educational content on there, it sounds like as well. So if I'm first time to like doing a video interview, I may have never did one before, but because of COVID now, you know, if I'm looking for employment, the chances are I'm probably going to have to do a video interview. So does it have like tips and things to do, things like exactly. that as well? Yeah, yeah. But even prior to COVID, Tom, we had uh, more types of services, but also to make some of the workshops we're doing where it required a little bit of interactive work in front of the person. Now we're having to expand that work so that we can make certain that in the absence of face-to-face, we can get as much into those workshops and webinars as possible. So it's a pretty pretty broad suite of services on at both of those websites. Unfortunately, uh, neither center is open to foot traffic. Yeah. Um, and don't have a clear sense of, at least at the moment, when that's going to happen. Well, that being the case, though, they still have access to the information, which is critical in a time like this. So, I mean, listen, and everybody had to essentially pivot on a dime when COVID happened. You know, as you've seen probably through your businesses that you've been chatting with, they're in a new – many didn't anticipate this. I'm sure Mass Hire didn't anticipate this, and now all of a sudden – in 2020, you've got to evolve new services and do things a little bit differently. Have businesses shared with you where this, some of their struggle points have been in trying to maybe attract talent right now? Because you, you know, there are some places still hiring, as you mentioned. Are they struggling to connect with people in this new kind of shift? You know, Tom, I, I think it depends on the, on the industry and, and depends on uh, exactly what, what the position is. Um, so they're looking pretty carefully at trying to find those opportunities, uh, one that they can kind of transition, uh, hopefully without too much training, to be able to actually do the work there. They're being very careful to make certain that the company and the setting that they go into, uh, again, is also safe and has the appropriate protocols in place yeah. to, to keep them safe. Um, but we've seen, um, certainly we're, you know, the reason we did the two virtual job fairs is because we had companies like Amazon, like CVS, you know, looking for folks, looking for workers. And we know that there are some job seekers out there that, um, you know, have accepted the fact that they're not going to be returning or don't want to return to the work they were doing and see this as an opportunity to, you know, to transition into a different industry and different type of job, um, assuming that again all the safeguards are in place. You know there are some job seekers, Tom, who, um, with the present, you know, level of compensation they're receiving on unemployment, um, much of which runs out at the end of July. You know, some of them are making 
you know, more money collecting than they would be going back to work. And that's certainly of some concern to us. We understand the reality of all that. People have to live. They have to take care of their families. We want them to do that. Um, but at, at some point, uh, should that funding support um, run out, uh, then, you know, people are going to have to, you know, make a conscious decision to get back to work. And we're here to try to provide them with some guidance and support that are necessary. You know, on the supply side, Tom, there's really four groups of individuals that we're, we're working with, and we not necessarily haven't broken them into four buckets, but just the reality of it, again, it's folks that are permanently separated that have been, you know, let go and are collecting. Uh, the furloughed individuals, we are certainly seeing some of those individuals who, even though they uh, have a return to work date, uh, um, it provides them with an opportunity to at least explore what else may be out there to see whether there might be some opportunities. We also have a group of, of, of job seekers, Tom, who we describe as um, pre-COVID. Uh, you know, prior to March, we had significant number of job seekers coming to our centers on a daily basis, looking for work, trying to get into the labor market. Um, and we can't, you know, we can't forget them. Uh, we're certainly spending significant time with those folks that have been in the labor market and now displaced from the labor market. But there's a large group of individuals who were not in the labor market and were not impacted by COVID, but are impacted by COVID because again, they're now competing with individuals who were in the labor market and now out of the labor market, um, who they're you know, competing for four positions. And the last group, Tom, that we're very concerned about, as you know, from the work that you do, we're concerned about youth. We're concerned about our disconnected youth, uh, particularly ages 18 to 24, because in any type of, uh, of a downturn like this, whether it be a recession, whether it be related to this type of a, of a, of a you know, pandemic, you know, young people, high school graduates, non-high school graduates, tend to be the last folks that kind of get assimilated back into the workforce. So. You know, we want to be sure that our young people out there, particularly uh, those folks that are not in school, were not in the labor market at the time uh, that COVID presented itself, you know, we, we think they're going to have an especially difficult time um, re-entering this labor market. Uh, and we have to figure out some way to stay close to them. Uh, they are the labor force of the future, but in many cases, their skill sets, uh, again, are lacking and we need to be able to, to, you know, to help and service them. And in order, and in on all of this, uh, there are many, many individuals, Tom, right now, who in our judgment are going to need significant retraining in order to position themselves to move into uh, different career pathway opportunities um, that at least have, at least in their opinion, probably more stability and that's going to require a significant infusion of funding at both the state and federal level uh, to be able to scale up and respond to that. We have great support at the state level on, on funding and the programs we run, but that was pre-COVID. Yeah. And uh, we're going to need um, we're going to need some significant funding in order to respond to the magnitude that we see here to retrain people, to get them back into the labor market, perhaps um, in, in, in industries and occupations that they were not in prior to. So we're, at, we're talking today with David Cruz, President and Chief Executive Officer of Mass Hire Hampton County Workforce Board.
Uh, podcast is brought to you by UMass 5 Commercial Services Division. Appreciate their support. And, you know, David, you mentioned something, and, and this is probably the challenge of it all, is because where the economy has been affected in this way, state coffers are going to be challenged moving forward. You know, we have less of a tax base you know, to support those services. But now at a time when it sounds like we need more funding to really give people that support network, it's going to be challenging, perhaps, moving forward to to, to to make all this work because it still is kind of a moving target. We don't know essentially we've seen some states and as we're talking today, some states that have, you know, had to take a step back in reopening and now some people are getting furloughed again. And, you know, this, this is a lot, you know, there's a psychological component to all that. And then it's, you know, coming through it all again. And to your point, you know, I read an article some time ago, it said, you know, a certain percentage of, of uh, uh, restaurants could go away forever. It could be 14%, right. whatever it may be. Those folks have to move into new positions. And it sounds like the work that you have ahead of you is, is pretty somewhat undefined, but yet monumental or momentous in, in the same capacity. It sounds like you have to remain fluid. Yeah, Tom, you're, you're absolutely right. When I, when I mentioned a few, you know, a few minutes ago around the need for an infusion of funding, it's certainly not lost on me that at all levels, particularly at the state level, um, that the, the state uh, coffers, you know, have really been impacted by this, and the ability to provide that type of funding support uh, is um, is going to be very, very difficult. Um, and we we understand that, and we're going to have to wait and see how all that plays out over the next several <clears throat> several months, and maybe quite candidly years. Yeah. But when you think of the magnitude of the downturn particularly uh, where it involves a situation that, is, as you said, is very fluid. Uh, we believe that there's a number of job seekers that are going to see this as an opportunity to move into uh, career pathways in different occupations, in different industries. And for many of them, particularly at the entry level stage, that's going to require education work. It's going to require some digital skill upgrading, mm. uh, some occupational training, and and all that um, again comes with a with a price tag. So you're absolutely right. We're in, we're in an era of lean sustainment, and we're going to have to find a balance between how we provide services in a broad broad way um, versus is there the revenue to be able to do these kinds of things. And that, you're absolutely right. That's one of the real challenges from a policy perspective we're going to have to look at going forward. I mean, it's so it's not just, it's going to be the nonprofit industry, I would surmise, it's going to be affected by this in some capacity too. There's going to be further echoes, I guess, of this as we continue to come out of it. I guess, you know, as you're talking to businesses, are they taking action now to say, listen, you know, maybe that money might not be there. What can I do to help? What kind of programs can I collaborate with to let people know, for instance, hey, listen, I have plenty of manufacturing jobs open. I just maybe don't know how to reach those people and educate them on the opportunity. Is a little of that happening now? Yeah. You know, Tom, I think one of the uh, pluses that I think we have here in the Pioneer Valley region uh, is the strength of our partnerships. Um, between the employer community, our educational institutions, our community serving organizations, and our workforce boards, both the by my board and my colleague Patricia Crosby's board up in Franklin, Hampshire County, because this is a regional response 
and we're looking at it in that and we're looking at it in that fashion. But we're fortunate, Tom, in that these are partners that have come together in the past to respond to this type of activity. Employers understand that um, uh, uh, they need us to try to identify and help them uh, fill their talent needs. Um, we need them to be very, very direct with us and share with us what are the skills and competencies that your workforce present and going forward are going to need in order to allow you to be competitive, to keep your doors open, to grow your business, to continue to spawn job creation and drive economic development. Um, we're not going to be able to stand up training programs um, unless we can create an alignment between what the companies and businesses need, tell us they need, and how we respond to that. As you know, Tom, um, the workforce boards and the career centers do no training. Uh, although training is a critical part of the work we do, we're incredibly dependent and totally dependent on the educational training provider network here to be able to align their work, to coordinate their efforts, to be able to stand up and drive these training, these training programs. But we're, we're incredibly fortunate we know that once we can kind of sort out, again, what these needs really are, because these needs keep shifting in real time here, yeah. almost daily, if it's certainly weekly. But we're going to be fortunate in that we're going to be able to pull together into a gallery uh, the right people to be able to do this. We had a session here last Friday where we had 22 individuals representing the healthcare community the educational institutions, uh, the workforce boards, in a, in a gallery talking about the very thing that you and I are talking about. Our ability to do that and to sustain those relationships rather than trying to build them from scratch in this kind of a climate, I think is going to allow us to move through this rebuild, this reemployment thing more quickly than some other regions will be able to do because we've nurtured these partnerships over time, we've worked together, we trust each other, and we know what needs to happen, but we know that this has to be industry led. You know, I, I will share, um, that comes down to leadership. I know I've seen, you know, on different community boards that I've served on, I see either yourself or your team members, Larry Martin, whoever may be representing out there. So you, you've built that, you know, through the team building that you've done, I would say, in your leadership, you've built those coalitions to bring in those relationships. So that's helpful to our region. I'm not too familiar, I guess, you know, like you said, it's regionally, and we have probably different needs than Franklin County does. Um, but I've heard good things about your counterpart over there as well, too. So it sounds like, you know, it's, it is that team effort. And to your point, I'm a big fan of customer development. I just can't build something. Let me understand what our customer needs. And in a sense, would the customer would be the business community. You know, we can't advocate for trainings and get programs up and running unless we understand that we're going to be able to create that pipeline to get the, those people into a good job. And the jobs are waiting for them and that their training can start, um, you know, day one or close enough to it. And that's a lot of collaboration. That's a lot of hard work at the end of the day. And it still sounds like there's funding that needs to even attach to that because you still need resources to connect all this together. Um, is there a way that the business community can reach out to you directly? Is there a way that, that you can, they can support you directly uh, in the efforts that you folks do, or is there other ways that they can be helpful? 
Um, I think that right now, we're, as I said before, we're very fortunate in that we have some really remarkable support from, from our business community, both at, uh, at the level of, of, of large publicly traded and large employers, as well as with some of our small and medium-sized enterprises. But it's at the level of our small and medium-sized enterprises, Tom, that, that we believe we really need to stay focused on, focused on, because in some cases, they don't necessarily have all the resources and supports to be able to do some of the things that the larger companies are able to do. But yet we need them all to be kind of working very closely together because in many cases, for example, in manufacturing, as you know, some of the smaller companies uh, get work from the larger companies. There's this very interactive network that exists in a lot of our industries here in the county. But we are primarily a region driven, where job creation is driven by small and medium-sized enterprises. And I think now more than ever, there needs to be just some really close work that we need to stay with them on. And it's not, we, we don't, what we need them to do is, is just share with us honestly what their needs are. Be patient with us at sometimes because sometimes we can't always, despite how many people are out of work, this is a job matching process. Yeah. No matter finding the right person for the right position because although we want to get people back to work, uh, we also want to retain people and employers are as focused on retention as they are on the actual bringing somebody on board. So we, we really, you know, we need to be sure that we're, we're focused on both getting people back to work, but trying as best we can to get them into a position where there is a pathway, where they feel that they can stick with this job um, and, 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 you know, retain over time. So uh, we're very fortunate, as I said, to have great employers in the area here. Uh, and the only thing we ask them to do is just to stay in contact with us. If we can help them in any way, um, they certainly, you know, know how to reach us at the boards. Well, we were, we were coming up on time and, you know, I guess I'll close with this. Something you just said remind me uh, about a very important tenet of leadership. Leadership is about creating the conditions for people's success. So if you're trying to match somebody with a role, it's, it's skills, one part of it, but there's also, are they a good fit for the organization? A lot of different companies I know are part of my work in a leader, the former work in a leadership institute is, are people a right match for the organization? All that stuff helps to create the conditions for someone's success. And it's glad, I'm glad that there's folks like yourself and your team and you know, your, your uh, counterparts up in Franklin uh, County doing this kind of work, especially in the era that we're in. I can assure you, at least from the folks that I chat with, there's a lot of uncertainty in the job market. And you know, it's good that we have the resources here to help them. So thanks for your time yeah, today, sharing that. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you having me on. Well, listen, folks, we, we had our conversation today. We were chatting with David Cruz, President and Chief Executive Officer of Mass Hire Hamden County Workforce Board. And thanks for our sponsor today, UMass 5 Commercial Services Division. Thanks for tuning in.